Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty? I am thirsty. (laughs) Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Heather McGee. And I'm Laura Coop. Today, we're talking about how to go about introducing a new partner to your children. everyone. We're so glad to have you here. Just to let you know, we do have a subscription series called The Thirst Trap. Uh, it's available on Spotify and Apple. It's a great way to support the show. It's $1.99 a month. You get two episodes a month that are bonus just for subscribers. We get a little more raw, a little more personal. You also, when you're a subscriber, you get 10% off in the Thirsty Shop anytime you want to use it. There are sweatshirts, there are hats, there are stickers. Uh, there are all kinds of fun things in there. Laura and I own quite a few of those items ourselves and wear them most every day. Today, neither of us are wearing a Thirsty sweatshirt, which to be honest, honest is highly uncommon probably the first time in a long time other things you can do to support the show share the show with your community if you're enjoying uh, the episodes that we put out and the things that we talk about and you're finding it useful please share with anyone that you think might find it helpful we get a lot of messages from listeners out there that are going through divorce or other difficult things in life and they've been really helped by some of the things we talk about so please do share it if you feel like somebody you know might be helped by the things we talk about And as always, rate us, review us, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Those are things that all help support the show. And also they help us get better. We read every review that comes in and it helps us think about how to make the show better every week. All right. So kicking it off, Heather, you got some updates. You've had some stuff happening. I don't even know what to say. The last week has laid me out flat. Like... I'm dying. Laura's looking at me right now. I have some eyeliner on. It makes me look a little bit better than like the dead underneath the makeup. (laughs) Yeah. Some wild things have been going on all in the love life department. I think we'll start with the funny one, the hilarity. So y'all may remember I was dating a guy named Logan who lived in a small town and things were going great. We were having a great time together, having so much fun. I was really enjoying our connection, dated for about two and a half months. And then At the two and a half month mark, I drove out to see him. He lives far away. It took me two and a half hours to get out there in traffic, spent the weekend with him, and we had so much fun. However, it did feel like a turning point. We had a lot of really serious conversations. He was talking about meeting my kids, talking about, you know, we're going to be together for a long time. This is a real thing, like some really big, serious conversations. And I was like, okay, he is taking this seriously. I get back. And two days later, I just felt a shift. It's hard to explain, but you know how like you can like things on the surface seem fine, but your gut just knows something is off. I feel like we are all so attuned to those things. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like you don't even have to describe it. Everybody just knows when that like something feels strange. Yeah. I mean, I was noticing because he didn't bring up, it had been two days and he's been very assertive. He wasn't bringing up when to see me again. He wasn't picking up my cues on like, Hey, let's talk on the phone. Uh, I was trying to do voice memos. Uh, He wasn't like pursuing deeper conversations, which is something we usually did. It was all surface level jokes, funny stuff, just texting. And I was like, this is something's off here. And so I asked him about it and I wasn't really satisfied with his response. I was like, okay. And I told him, I still feel kind of weird. And he was like, everything's fine. That's literally all he said. Everything's fine. I like you. I like spending time with you. And I was like, oh, are you a robot? What happened to you? 
And I was sharing some of these texts with Laura and Laura was like, this doesn't seem this like this fun, engaging, warm person that you've been telling me about. This guy seems very boring, actually. <laughs> and I was like, I know something's wrong here. Um, and after going back and forth, I'll just cut to the chase. After going back and forth for a week this way, I called it off. Because I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but you're acting weird. You're not coming after me. You're not pursuing me. And this doesn't work for me, so I'm done. He got real salty with me. He acted very offended that I broke it off. And he acted like I made it all up. Like he was all in and I had called it off and I was being a problem. I was like, I I don't think so. And y'all may have remembered in a recent episode, I was like, did I do this wrong? Is this my fault? Really questioning myself. Well. <laughs> two days after I called it off, uh, in one of my dating Facebook groups, I was surprised to see an anonymous poster post Logan saying, Hey, mm-hmm. I've been talking to this guy. Anyone have any tea? And I responded, I said, well, that's interesting. Cause I just broke up with him two days ago. And supposedly we were only dating each other. And she was like, Oh, is that so? Yeah. I'll spare you all the details because we're probably going to do a whole thirsty episode about this. But it comes to be that uh, he never deleted the apps. He's been talking to other women probably this whole time. But especially after I went to visit him, Laura had a theory. And I think you are right, Laura, that when I went to go visit him and things got real, he freaked out, started panic swiping. And instead of talking to me about it, he was lying to me, which doesn't fly with me. Some other things came out that were pretty serious that I don't love that we'll go into when we do a thirsty episode, but all to say it went down a ball of flames and I no longer feel like it was my fault at all whatsoever. I think that's really the best resolution you can get from a not great situation, quite honestly. I mean, it was hard and it was stressful and it was sad and it didn't feel good, but at least you are not left with questions. No. Well, it came up. Well, Laura had a front row seat and poor Laura, I mean, was really uh, a very generous friend of every day, probably five times a day. Heather, it's okay. You did what you had to do. And then when I found (laughs) out these other things that came out and let me just tell y'all, it was not great. Whenever I found everything out, I was like, instantly felt better. And I think Laura, you were probably relieved because that meant you no longer had to make me feel better because all of a sudden I was not feeling bad anymore. Well, I knew you didn't do anything wrong in this situation. And so like, I knew you hadn't made, you know, rash choices or whatever, but it was nice to, again, it it hurts, but it's also good to get that resolution again, because often you just never know, you never know the why behind it. And you always are kind of wondering again, like why things took a left. And now you, now, you know, almost everything. So that's a, that's a good way to at least be able to fully walk away and just be done. Yeah. So thank goodness. I only wasted two and a half months on that guy. I was also going to say he seemed like the type who could have boomeranged back and you would have been like, well, maybe at some point, because often we want to give somebody a chance. And it is so good that you know everything, which I think this will be a very fun episode because there is no boomeranging to be had. Now like, we're done. And y'all, it went way deeper than just swiping on women while we were talking. A lot of really bad stuff came out. Women that he dated or was involved with in the past all came out of the woodwork as a result of Mm -hmm. this post. And I was flabbergasted. I got that situation so wrong. There is no going back. He needs to actually never speak to me again, I will say. I I think it's at the situation where he knows, because I told him, I did send him one text. I said, I just want to let you know, I know absolutely everything. So I would suggest you never contact me again. So I don't think you would. (laughs) You're good. 
Um, now something that was going on at the same time, and I've mentioned this a little bit. So boyfriend that I broke up with in the winter, nothing bad happened, but we just hit a wall with some certain issues. And I've mentioned on this podcast, I never got over him and he never got over me. I was trying to date and move on. He was trying to date and move on. While this was going on with Logan, he sent me a text and he just put it out there that he wanted to talk about us uh, thinking about trying again. So that's something we're talking about now and talking about, does this make sense? And we'll probably do a thirsty episode about this too Mm -hmm. in the future. When does it make sense to talk about getting back together with an ex? Usually most people, and I would say most of the time, don't even think about it. Never. No, move on. But I'm considering it in this case and we're talking and we're going to see where it goes. I never, it was kind of funny. Laura, I would go on a date and Laura would be like, well, how'd it go? And I would go, well, I still love my boyfriend. So the first date didn't go all that great, to be honest. (laughs) So we're going to see what happens there. Now we got Mother's Day coming up. What are you going to do for Mother's Day, Laura? I don't know because I'm waiting for it to get warm. Last year, I took my kids to the park for the day. I have this cute vintage picnic basket. I filled it with goodies and the kids played all day. I sat at the park and read a book and it was lovely. But it is really cold in Chicago right now, like 50 degrees, heat's running, wearing a winter coat kind of cold. So I'm having a hard time even like getting myself in the frame of mind that it might feel like a nice spring by Mother's Day. So I'm stuck. I know. Well, my plans are the op- like yours are so lovely and outdoorsy. Mine is we go to brunch, we go get pancakes somewhere. I'm not making breakfast. We're going to go somewhere mm-hmm. and eat breakfast. And then we do a movie marathon in my bed all day. And it's really Cute. great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And I think I'll feel better about that if the weather outside is terrible. <laughs> I mean, mine is to wear the kids out all day for cheap like that is my goal it it doesn't cost any money to go sit at the park and I can buy snacks from the store I'm not baking muffins for this like I'm buying things from the store and orange juice and coffee for me and putting it in a basket and we're going and we're sitting at the park while the dads play with the kids on Mother's Day and I'm sitting there with my kids while they play um so yeah mine isn't really like that idyllic but um it is a nice way for them to kind of run off some energy but not if it's gross out. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I want to think about this. We're in, to be continued. All right. So we have like, not, I wouldn't say a fun topic today. It's not, it's not not fun, I guess, but it's like a bigger <laughs> topic. I don't know. It's, when it's not fun or not fun. I don't know where that lands it, but enjoyable. It, yeah. Insightful. Um, it is something that, you know, for most single parents, they will at some point in time, very likely be introducing their kids to a romantic partner. And that's like a big thing. Um, but I also understand that while it's a big topic, it can also be a really polarizing topic. A lot of people have really big feelings around this. They've got opinions. They often want to share their opinions with you about it, or you may have very strong feelings of one camp or the other. And while, you know, both Heather and I, I think we each have, you know, different opinions about the kind of the approach or how to go about this. Um, No judgment from us, no shaming about how anybody goes about their way of navigating this topic, because I think it is a very personal choice. No one has the quote unquote right answers. I don't think there are right answers here. I think it's everybody making the best choices for themselves. But there are certainly a lot of layers of things to consider um, when you're thinking about doing this. Yeah. I've never done it. So I'm going to learn a lot today. I've gotten real close, real close, but not, I haven't gone all the way with it yet either. But also my 
I am more recently divorced than you are. So I am, you know, I, my kids are, are just like on a, oh, they're processing what has happened in their mm-hmm. life too. So I think I'm probably slower to do it just because, you know, I'm so far behind you in terms of that aspect. Yeah, I have done it once. And actually, it was pretty soon after my divorce. And the kids met this person first as a friend. And then eventually they knew I was dating him, but I introduced him just as my friend. And um, I think it is a good example of, you know, would I make that choice again now at that time? No, I I wouldn't. Um, But I think when you're so fresh, you're still trying to understand all of this and not navigate it all. And you may not always make your like best of best choices, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. They're just choices that you learn from. And that was definitely a learning opportunity for me. So um, again, I probably wouldn't make the repeat, but nothing bad came out of the kids meeting this person that I, I dated this person for two years. So, so he was somebody who was part of my life for a while and the kids did get to know him a little bit and that was okay. And he was a great guy. Like it was, he was a very nice person. Yeah. 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 Nothing, nothing bad there, but in hindsight, yeah, my kids were still going through a lot of transition. So, you know, probably again, not, not the greatest choice, but, um, that's how we learn. Um, and since then, so I've been, cause I've been divorced about four years. So I've had some relationships in the middle there and they have not met anybody else that I've dated. Most of the time they have not known about any of my relationships. Um, during sometimes they've known about somebody after the fact to like, Oh, you were dating someone and you never told us. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> But the person I'm dating now, Tyler, the kids will be meeting him soon. So I'm about to kind of go down that path again. You excited? The kids know, right? That they they know it's coming up. They do. And it was funny when we were, you know, talking about this episode, I didn't quite know when that was going to happen. So I didn't know if we were going to be recording this before it had happened or after. And I think there's value in both because there's value in like kind of us talking through and thinking through it before I'm making that introduction. And there's also obviously a lot we could have talked about if the kids had met him, but that is how time has worked out. And he hasn't, since he's not local, it's not quite as easy for us to orchestrate um, kind of an easy casual meet and greet, especially because he normally stays with me when he's in town for things. So um, it's not quite as um, logistically possible for us to just have him meet them randomly. So, yeah, well, and I, you're making me think of, we had a, a woman named Kat too on our podcast a long mm-hmm. time ago, way back when, and she said something that stuck with me where her trigger to introduce her significant other to her kids was when she felt like his absence was hiding him you know, where she felt like Mm -hmm. he's so important to me and I'm not, I'm not bringing him into my kid's life. It's starting to feel like I'm hiding him. And that was her trigger for, I think it's time. Yeah. I was thinking about Kat as well when I was writing up, you know, thinking about this episode, because I remember with her girls, her daughters, um, they had begged her to start dating because they were worried she would be lonely. And I thought that was very sweet because you also don't always encounter that where your kids are very excited about you to have a romantic life. They may be really resistant or they may think it's gross or like have all these feelings and her sweet girls wanted her to have someone in her life, which I thought was very, very adorable. Yeah. Is really sweet. So I've done a lot of research on this topic because I like all of the information. I like all of the guidelines. I like to read all of the articles, whether or not I'm going to follow them, but I read them all. And so in prepping for this episode, I did a lot of internet researching as you do to kind of see what is out there. And most of the articles, well, 
for starters, I feel like you can find anything on the internet that will support whatever opinion you have. So <laughs> if you think you should wait a year to introduce your kids to a partner, you can find articles that support that. If you think you should do it after three dates, someone out there probably will tell you why that's okay too. So, <laughs> The internet says I'm right on all fronts. The internet can support whatever's happening in the world. We know this, um, but the general gist or kind of the guidelines I was reading, you know, they suggest waiting until your relationship has been, you know, around for, you know, you've been in that relationship for around nine to 12 months, something like that. So you're kind of past what they're calling like the common breakup window for new relationships. I did not do this the first time around, um, maybe because because I was kind of a hot mess express period of my life and that was not happening. So I had only been dating that person for a couple of months. Again, I would not repeat some (laughs) of my choices. Um, and I wouldn't do that again because I do think there is value in knowing that person more, even though my kids did not meet him as a romantic partner until I had been with him for over a year, he still was a fresh person in my life. So in hindsight, I probably wouldn't do that again. I do have to, yeah, I want to make that clear though, just on your behalf. Cause I know you, you did introduce him perhaps too early, but he stuck around for a very long time. He ended up Correct. being a real part of your life. So I want to make sure we tell that part of the story. He actually stuck around for multiple years. So <laughs> it was not like someone that you dated for two months and broke up with him a month later. That wasn't the case. Correct. Yeah. Nothing bad there, but I didn't know that at the time. And we always talk about that consistency over time piece with a partner. And I do think that is very important also when your kids are involved yeah. to really like look for that, that consistency and really get to know that person. Or they talk about knowing somebody through all the seasons. If you haven't known them through all of the seasons, then do you really know them that well? I don't know, but yeah. there is value in kind of just waiting and seeing and obviously getting to know that person better, but other people, you know, your time frame might be different or your feelings are different and that's your choice. Um, obviously. One other thing to think about too, I, I think being clear on your intention for introducing this person to your kids. Like, Mm -hmm. why are you doing it? Because I think sometimes people just do it without thinking about why. Um, And I think sometimes that can kind of give you a clue as to whether this is the right time or if maybe you need to wait a minute. Yeah. And I can say for myself that at the time I introduced them to someone before, I was freshly out of a marriage. And so I really wanted that feeling of a partner of like having another adult with me when I was spending time with my kids. I think that's a very common feeling to have. And it's very natural to have that feeling. And it kind of, you know, it was nice. We'd go to like parties in the neighborhood and on the weekends I'd have the kids and the kids would be playing and I would have my boyfriend there. And it was so nice to like have another adult with you because it is hard to navigate those things alone often. And it felt nice to have someone with us. I don't think I thought about it more beyond that, I guess is a good way of saying that it was more of just kind of in the here and now and how I'm feeling versus my current situation. I've been dating Tyler for like about nine months, which is a good, good chunk of time. And, and I've had other relationships that have lasted this long and I haven't introduced the kids to that person because I think I wasn't really feeling very like solid in what that relationship was, what we were doing and where we were going. So it never felt like it made sense. But with Tyler, I definitely, you know, feel that security with him of kind of what we're doing. And I feel like for him to really know me well at this point, he needs to know me as a mom and see that other side of me and me with the kids and what that dynamic is like, because it is very different. Yeah. That's a big part of uh, your life. And at this point it does, like I could totally see, I think if it were me, you know, and I thought about this with 
my boyfriend at a certain point. Like, I really want to see how you are in this dynamic. Like when Mm -hmm. it's not just you and me, like how, how do you interact here? What does that look like? Yeah. And like, you know, you, you talk about your kids so much that I, I want Tyler to like, to know them because I share so many stories and he's learning about their personalities because they're part of my life. So obviously I do talk about them a lot. And, you know, for me, it's, I'm nervous about it, but I'm very excited for him to actually get to meet them in person and absolutely to see what that's like, to see what it's like having them with them. And if that dynamic makes sense, not everybody can handle it either. Like not everybody can handle the stress or the noise or the messiness or all of that. So you learn a lot. Now, another hot topic is giving your co-parent, if you have one, not everybody obviously has a co-parent that they're kind of working through with this as far as introducing a new significant other. But if you have a co-parent, you know, whether or not you give them a heads up about uh, the fact that the kids will be meeting uh, a significant other. I think I'll, everybody handles this one a little bit differently. Yeah. How are you going to do that? Or are you, does, does, have you already done that or is it still? Well, my decree, my divorce decree, this topic is covered and the, it includes parameters on timeframes, which I also think is very common that, you know, you need to be dating the person at least six months. And again, we know none of these are really enforceable by law, but they are agreements that you have made with your co-parent. And then that there would be the offer of an introduction to the significant other before the kids meet them. I have decided at this point, we are four years out from our divorce. Things are, you know, very settled between us with our co-parenting. And I don't really feel the, the value in having Tyler meet my ex-husband and have some weird meet and greet between them. I don't even know when or how that would happen at this juncture. So, um, my ex-husband knows of Tyler's existence because I knew the kids were talking about him. And so, um, I made sure that my ex-husband knew that I was dating someone and that was his name. And then when it got closer, you know, I said that they're probably going to be meeting him in the next month or so. And just let me know if you have questions. And he said, you know, that he hoped it went well. So that was a very good, easy conversation. Yeah. I mean, I will say if anyone is in the middle of negotiating their agreement, my agreement says the same thing. I, yeah, I think I would decline to do that too, because, you know, now that I'm like, actually I'm a few years out, what if they don't want to meet your ex or what if things are not amicable? Like it just, it's not, I don't know at a certain point, I don't know if I agree with that. And also I think Someone said this to me once. It was too late for me to fix my decree at this point. But someone I was dating mentioned, you know, I don't think I want to control what my ex-spouse does. I just need to trust that they're not going to introduce my kids to a total wackadoo jerk. um, And I have to be able to trust them to some degree. Mm -hmm. And now I think that is the right way to go. I think it is very hard to have that feeling of trust when you are in the midst of negotiating your divorce and coming up with what is just a very sensitive thing. So I think that is great advice that is really, really hard for a lot of people to follow, um, which is hard. It is a tough thing to think about. And it's a tough thing, you know, to think about your kids spending time with, a, you know, a new significant other in their life. Um, my kind of baseline is that when I'm, you know, thinking about my partner of whoever I'm with, and if they could come into this dynamic with my kids and I, 
I want to make sure it's somebody who can spend time around my ex. It doesn't need to be quality time. They do not need to be friendly, but that they can come to, you know, a, an activity at the kid's school or sporting event, or a, if it's a joint birthday party and they are around for that. And that makes sense. Like I want us to not have a really toxic negative dynamic where we can all be in the same room together and it feels okay. No one has to be friends, but that we can, and I have dated people where that would not have made sense. It would not have been possible for us all to be together. And that is kind of a deal breaker for me. So another big piece of advice, which we kind of touched on earlier, but again, making sure that the kids have had enough time to come to terms with the divorce or breakup um, before introducing somebody new. And again, I, I botched this one initially. And again, it all turned out fine. I was dating a nice person. The kids generally liked him. Um, and it was absolutely fine, but I will say, and I think it was partly the timing of when they met this person and it was so close to everything happening. They talk about him all the time still. They will bring him up constantly and they will talk about the fact that I broke up with him, which they're very intrigued by that concept that I ended it. Well, why did you break up with him? And do you miss him? Do you still like him? And he sticks out in their head so much because, you know, he's, they've met him and he, they knew I dated him. And it was during a time where it was so close to when they had only seen me with their dad. So I think that they are so like laser focused on the idea of this person. It's almost hilarious, but like. They do not forget. <laughs> they do not forget. But I think if there had been some more space and time for them to process through the divorce to when they would have met this person, I don't know that he would stick out in their heads so quite so in such a big way, but it is just hilarious. They will mention him constantly. I'm like, I don't even know. It's been years. I'm like, you haven't seen this person in years, but they still like talk about him. I think another big one is not forcing your children to um, act or respond in a specific way when meeting a new partner, like your kids are going to potentially feel a lot of big feelings and they may not be on their best behavior um, with that new person. And, you know, my big thing is, you know, when they meet Tyler of giving him a chance, don't be rude, but I'm not going to force them to, to like him, to build any relations. Like it's really, they need to come to those things on their own terms. Um, this um, next one is a big one that has interestingly been coming up with my kids. And I will also frame out, I guess, my kids are eight and 11. If you have really little kids, your conversations are going to be different. If they're in high school, it's probably going to be way different. I don't even know what that's like, but like, we're kind of, you know, elementary school age conversations here, but this idea of kind of reassuring your children that they're your priority and that they understand that they're always going to come before any new partner and one of my kids recently, you know, noting, knowing that I've been dating Tyler and she has asked me point blank if he is more important than her and who I would choose if she doesn't like him. And like, those are really big, um, you know, questions to be asking. Um, Heather was one of my eight-year-olds. I mean, I'm sure you already knew who was the one of my children asking these questions. <laughs> like, she's very thoughtful and she's really kind of really rolling around her mind because she knows that I really like Tyler. And so she's trying to understand that kind of that place um, of how that works. And I have been made sure to be very clear with my kids that they absolutely always will come first. Like you are first, you're my forever, you're my priority. You know, I want you to give him a chance. I want you to, you know, 
I hope that you will get to know him, but like, if there is something that doesn't feel right or like a real thing, like I, you're my priority. You will always be first and foremost. Well, I'm realizing something and I'm realizing it right now the way you're talking, the way we're talking about this today really refers to younger kids, like Mm -hmm. elementary school. I have done this, except I met boyfriend's kids. They weren't my kids. I met boyfriend's kids. So I've been on the other side of this actually. I just realized this right now. I do have actually something to say <laughs> on this subject, you know, because boyfriend's kids were, I really should give them a name at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. His kids are older, like older teenagers. And so it's a different situation. So that was interesting because it was more relating to them, not as peers, because obviously I'm quite a bit older than a teenager, but it's different than a little kid, you know, mm-hmm. and they actually have thoughts and opinions. You're probably not the first one to come around at yeah. that point. Uh, so that, that's kind of interesting. I'm noting about our conversation today that this really applies to like the yeah. younger set, but I think when you are meeting and I'll just speak, you know, from my experience, they weren't my kids. I was meeting in, in a relationship, his kids. I actually, it was really cool because I got to see how he related to his kids. You know, I got to see what a great dad he is, um, yeah, I don't know. You just get to know the person you're dating in such a different way. That's really kind of wonderful, to be honest. I loved it. But yeah, meeting teenagers, I think, is totally different because they definitely have opinions. I was very grateful that they were so nice to me, you know, so it all went very well. I know sometimes it doesn't, but in my case, it went great. Um, and I, I don't know. That is kind of neat, get, meeting your significant other's kids, you know, and getting to know that part of their life and seeing them in that way. Cause you're right. You only see them as, in a relationship model, but as you get to know their family, you get to see other parts of them that are really cool. Well, and I think too, like a lot of the research I did, like this is, you know, interesting for us to think about. It is a lot of the advice skews toward younger kids. And I think often with teenagers, you forget that they're still processing all of this stuff. They're still kids in their own way. This is still their parent figure, like all of that. And if if you're the if you're the first person to be, you know, meeting them, like that might be the first time they have seen their dad with a girlfriend. And what does that feel like? And so while the advice might be different, but still the pieces of making sure they are priority, that they're center of the conversation, that you are really tapped into how they're feeling about it because they are old enough to share their feelings in a way that a five-year-old can't, Um, but to not just assume that they can roll with the punches in a way that they're not feeling some big feelings. Like you still, you know, they're still kids. Yeah, it was kind of neat. Like we would play board games. Um, one of them was into art. So we would talk about that. I, you know, I paint. So we were able to talk about that quite a bit. It's, it's kind of neat, you know, mm-hmm. getting to know, um, you know, like, I don't know. I think I always saw if I were in a relationship, getting to know their kids or my kids. Like I know for me, I see my my person's kids as bonus. Like I'm so excited to get to know them. And like, mm-hmm. that's such a great gift. Um, and I know for me, like, that's what I want in return. Like, I want someone who sees my kids as like an extra bonus gift part of the package, you know, and because that's how I feel, you know, in terms yeah. of the people I date, their kids. One other quick expert advice piece um, is, again, again, probably skewing toward the younger crowd, is meeting for the first time in a neutral space, ideally with some sort of activity, which again, for little kids, I think absolutely, well, you know what, I think for older kids, that makes sense too, because it might feel weird if they're like not comfortable with their parent dating yet, having that person come into your house might feel weird. Yeah, like you're trapped there a little bit. 
Yeah. And it's your space and it's your safe space. And I think there's a big thing about having it absolutely be somewhere else and also an activity. So everyone's kept kind of busy, um, that, you know, might make more sense. Um, I get that, but yeah, having someone come into to your house and also, as a kid, you would kind of realize like, it's not that person's first time in your house. It's just the first time you're there when that person is in your house. And that might feel a little bit weird too. Like I think about the fact that Tyler gets along with my dog so well, and he's very sweet with her and she loves him. But for my kids, that's their dog. And I wonder if it would feel weird of like realizing, I mean, they know he stays here when um, they're not here and whatever, but I don't know. It's like those little things that might click in their head for the first time. Like, oh, this isn't the first time they've been here. And how does that feel? I have some non-expert advice as well. It's really oh, that's, what, that's what we think. Yeah, that's what we think. We're the non-experts. Yeah, we're the non-experts. So <laughs> we have some some advice that was not included in the articles as I was going through. We just talked through our kind of the standard lineup of advice that you will find in any parenting today article about introducing your kids to a significant other neutral spaces listening to their feelings timing timing is really the big one I think everybody just wants to talk about that magical timing of that unlocks meeting you know inter- making that introduction which we talked about doesn't necessarily make sense but some of the non-expert advice, how I have gone about some things, um, that FaceTime ends up being a really great, a great way to kind of softly make that introduction. And actually the first boyfriend that they met, they had FaceTimed with him before. Again, they just knew him as my friend. And so they were partly excited to meet him because they had FaceTimed with him before. And with Tyler, my girls, especially FaceTime with him all the time. They call him constantly to the point where I'm like, never give them your number because they're going to call you even more. And now they have to go through me and I'm always present. I'm always around I'm making dinner and they're calling him or they're showing him a TikTok dance or showing him something that they've drawn or whatever's going on. And it kind of just started organically. Like there was no, nobody trying to control or make some sort of situation happening. We were, I was with one of my kids and I was texting with him and then she sent him a voice note and he sent one back and then there was a video and like they just kind of all went back and forth sending messages. And eventually that just turned into, um, you know, doing some FaceTimes and it's been very sweet. Yeah. I can see how that would help a lot. Um, I wouldn't have thought to do that. I don't think, but I can see how that would be a good, like soft injury. So the first time they meet in person, it's not just like totally out of the blue. (sighs) Yeah, he's not going to be a stranger. Like they have, they're all learning each other's personalities through that, which I think has been really interesting. Except for my son, he won't participate in the FaceTimes, but he also won't FaceTime me when he's at his dad's. He just hates FaceTime. So um, Tyler is always like one time, I think my son that like popped on a FaceTime when I was FaceTiming with Tyler and he was like, Whoa, I actually got to see him. I'm like, I know this is like a rare occurrence. Um, so less is happening with them, but with my girls, they just really enjoy talking to him and sharing stuff. Like, can we call him? And sometimes I'll finally just be like, no, like you've called him enough. Let him get on with his life or he's out with friends or he's busy. Like, no, we cannot call him, but it's been really sweet. And again, I'm present for all of it. I'm hearing all of it. I'm, you know, I'm the gatekeeper to those phone calls and all of that. Not that I'm worried about anything, but I think it's important to be tapped in and kind of hear what's, what's going on. And it's just been very adorable. And so when they do meet him, he is definitely, 
definitely not a new person to them, which is nice. I think there's a big one too on trusting yourself and not necessarily other people's opinions because people will give all kinds of opinions on this topic and they will want to tell you when you should do it, how you should do it. That's a terrible idea to do it. Or have, have they met him yet? Or you, you, oh, you haven't done that yet. Like everybody wants to weigh in on their own opinion. And I think you definitely know your children and your partner the best and you can make your own decision. This is a little bit of a sidebar. Laura and I have talked about this quite a bit and I, I feel pretty positive Laura and I are on the same page. Now I've gotten to the point where I hate advice. I don't want anyone telling me their opinions. I don't mm-hmm. want their input. I am 44 years old. I know how most things work. I know what I think about things. And uh, I don't know at this point, like I am very, I, I recommend whenever you do want advice, say, Hey, right now I don't need advice. I just need some emotional support. Like tell people what you need. And that kind of helps. Like for me, I lose my mind because I'll bring something up. And for some reason, everybody thinks I'm asking for advice. I'm not asking for advice. I'm just telling you what's going on in my life. So that's my little sidebar is that if you don't want advice, tell people what you want, what you're looking for when you bring something up. Well, I think especially for this topic, if I go up to you and I'm like, oh, I think I, you know, I'm, I'm going to introduce the kids to Tyler next month. I am not looking for you to tell me what a terrible idea that like, I'm not looking for anything else there because I clearly have already made my decision. But a lot of people don't pay attention to that nuance. And they think that, oh, well, how long have you been together? Well, how do you think the kids will do like, and you get like this kind of inquisition. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't need to know the outliers of whatever situations like I feel fine about it. And if I was uncertain about it, I probably have already talked about it with my therapist. um, And I feel good about that choice. Also, I probably haven't made this decision in a vacuum. Like maybe I've talked to my partner about it because we've come to a joint agreement about what we want to do. So I don't need anybody else's opinions. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm like, look, I have an OG group chat. I already worked it out with them. I don't need any more opinions. (laughs) I have a very small group of opinion givers and that is it. You're not it. (laughs) So another one, which actually probably is in one of the more expert um, columns, because this topic actually does come up a lot is the idea of sleepovers of when your partner sleeps over at your house, when your kids are there, Heather, how do you feel about this one? Well, I never thought about this till you brought it up the other day. And I I actually have a funny term to add here that I can't believe we've never used on this podcast ever. It's called a sneak over. Oh, yeah. So a sneak over is when you haven't met their kids and you like sneak into their house after bedtime and then you're gone before everybody wakes up. I want to be very honest. I have never done that. I have never done that. And I don't think I would do that, but that is a thing. And that is a term. And my, I actually brought this up because you asked about this the other day. You were like, um, one of your kids had, you know, had, had brought it up and you were like, I don't know if we're going to, I don't think we're going to be doing sleepovers or whatever. And I was like, you know, I never thought about that. Cause usually at a certain point of relationship, if you see them, somebody's sleeping over, like you don't go see someone and then not spend the night with them somewhere. Usually. And I was like, oh, you're right. I probably wouldn't want them spending the night here if I introduced them to my kids, at least not right away. I just had never thought about that topic before. But it did also when I brought it up to some other girlfriends out because you brought you and I talked about it. And then I asked some other girlfriends about it. And I was like, well, well, how do you guys handle this? And then one of them was like, well, I don't think you should be doing sneakovers. And I was like, you're hilarious. That's a very funny term. <laughs> yeah, I definitely it would take me a long while, I think, to get to that point of everybody feeling comfortable. 
Um, which oddly enough, like with my therapist who I love and she knows all the ins and outs of all of my relationships. And when I talk about this topic and then she'll ask like, oh, well, is he going to sleep over? And I was like, no, Christine, like with the kids would have just met him. No, he's not sleeping. But then no, like yeah. <laughs> to me, it's very polarizing in that like, oh, I could like I just with my kids, like I can't imagine that. And with my 11 year old, when she, we were talking about, you know, them meeting Tyler soon, you know, she, her first question was, well, he's not going to sleep at our house. Is he? And partly it's because, you know, she knows that he doesn't live in the area. So she knows he has to stay somewhere. So if he's visiting us, then, you know, is he, where, where is he staying? So I think she was trying to process that, but the tone of her voice was very uncomfortable. Like, I don't know this person. He's not staying here. Is he, um, even though she's FaceTime with him a thousand times, like she's not comfortable with that. Um, and I agree with her. Well, and the other thing is too, when you have young kids, we get bed invaders all the time. Yeah, like 100%. my kids love, my kids are in my bed right now. Their favorite thing is doing a sleepover with mom. So I could see how if your if your person was, was going to do a sleepover, my kids would probably be upset because they'd be like, well, that means I don't, I got kicked out of bed for this. You know what I mean? So I, I could see a kid's point of view on that. And I see why they would be upset about it. Uh, sleep is a dicey thing. Kids get up, they need you and they want the comfort absolutely of climbing into their parents' bed and feeling comfortable. And I would never want my kids in a situation where they didn't feel safe and comfortable and prioritize at all times. So it's just that family dynamic that this person who's not related to them is there. Like it just, it would take me a long time to get there. Yeah. And I never thought about this till you brought it up the other day. I was like, oh, you're right. That would be a thing. Partly my therapist asks all the time. And actually it's in my divorce decree as well. My decree includes the, the caveat that there are no sleepovers until you're engaged. This is in my, my decree is incredibly thorough. So no sleepovers until you're engaged including on vacations. So if we went on a vacation with the kids, we couldn't all be in the same room oh, unless wow. we were engaged. Mine is yeah. not that thorough. Yeah. My mediator covered every topic on this. All right. And my ex-husband wanted these strictest rules around it, um, which goes down to like, there was no trust during that time for whatever yeah. reason, even though nothing had happened. Um, it, I wasn't dating when we were going through this process, yeah. whatever. Um, he definitely just had zero trust in this topic made him very uncomfortable. So everything was very strict in the significant other category. But again, we've got, we would have so much time from that point to any of this happening that I think yeah. it would be a little bit different, but things change as your kids get older at the time when they're really little, then absolutely. I can, you know, you want everybody to be comfortable and make yeah. good choices. And then kind of my final piece, and this is based off of, you know, conversations with my kids as we're leading up to the meeting, someone is, you know, allowing them to ask whatever questions they want to ask at any point in time. My boyfriend is a hot topic of conversation with the kids right now. They ask me every question possible. They ask if I'm going to marry him and if they can be in the wedding. They ask whether or not his parents would be their grandparents, which is an interesting topic. They're trying to figure out, even though we are not engaged, to be clear, they are trying to figure out if they are picking up additional grandparents in this deal. And they like the idea of that. Um, they have asked when he visits, does he sleep in my bed? Um, they ask 
all of the questions. Um, and I try and be as open and honest with them as I can based on their ages, again, eight and 11. And, but they're very curious. And again, they see how he is a, a part of my life. And I talk about him a lot and I share a lot of things and they talk to him. And so they're really just trying to puzzle piece things together. And I think it's very sweet. And I'm so happy that they're comfortable asking me all these questions rather than making their own assumptions that might be things that they're not comfortable with, like that they might, you know, kind of go to a place where they've decided certain things without asking it to me. And that might make them worried. Instead, they're just asking me all the questions. I think that's good. I mean, kids need to feel like, I mean, so much of this is confusing. Like it's easy for us to forget how this is all new to them. They're kids. They've never been through this before. They have very little idea of how the world works. And so creating an environment where they feel okay asking all kinds of questions is really important, I think, to making this, setting this up to go well. Yeah. And I think in general, I think the general gist of all of this is don't have anything be cold turkey. Don't just randomly show up with someone that they've never heard of in their life, that they had no clue you were dating. And all of a sudden, here's this person whose name they've never heard before is like, you know, coming into your life, like give them the opportunity give everybody the opportunity to be successful and have the, all the tools that they need and all of the information to hopefully be comfortable with the situation. Hopefully it is a beautiful, wonderful opportunity for relationships to grow and for you to kind of form this different family dynamic, but don't put anybody at a disadvantage by like dropping some stranger to your kids into the equation because your kids are going to be uncomfortable that person's not going to feel comfortable with things because the kids aren't going to warm up to them because they're a stranger and it just sounds very stressful. Yeah. Soft ramp it in. I am thinking about too advice for if anyone's listening that maybe you are on a track to meet your significant other other's kids and you're not a parent, you mm -hmm. know, like so many people are, you know, Tyler is not a parent, you know, and I think there are many people that listen that are divorced and they don't have kids but they are involved with someone who does have kids and they're going to meet those kids for the first time. Just a few things I would say to you, just be yourself. Don't put on a show. Kids see right through it when you're like mm -hmm. putting on airs or like, you know, at, not acting like yourself. They just want to get to know you. They're just shorter. They're just shorter. That's it. Um, asking them questions, getting to know them. You know, that, that's the one thing I would say and not putting any pressure on it. And if they maybe initially have a bad reaction, don't take it personally. They're having a lot of feelings about this too. So you just kind of have to be patient, uh, pay attention to how everybody's doing and go slowly. Yeah. As Tyler has put it, when the idea of like, you know, meeting the kids soon again, we've talked about it a lot. Is he comfortable? How do we feel about it? What time he makes sense? Like we spent a lot of time thinking it through um, and he's, he's, term is nerve sighted. Like he's super nervous, but do you think he, he's also excited? Um, that it is a big thing and he has never, you know, gone down this path before he's never made it met. He's never dated someone with kids before. So he, this is a first for him. And while I have done it once, like this is still really new territory for me. So I'm nervous about it too. And I don't have a good baseline of a lot of experience in this area. So we're both going to kind of figure it out together. So yeah. That's, that's it. I wish I had some sort of resolution for this having taken place. Um, so I could talk about, um, how it went, but I guess that'll be a later episode as I start to kind of navigate what this will look like. Yeah. Eventually it'll happen. And then we can talk about how it went and I'm sure it'll have gone great.
Now, one thing is that we are going to be airing our next episode is going to be a Mother's Day episode, I think. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that a little bit. So I, I think this one today is airing before Mother's Day. So we are wishing happy Mother's Day to everybody who's listening who is a mother. If you are having a hard time with this day, we are, you know, hand on your back. It's, it's a day full of emotion in many ways. And I think we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's everything. Have a good week. All right. Bye. Bye. Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple. Or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms.